Good morning from Wiley, Colorado, and here it is, day 17 on the road, the Modern Eater Show. We continue with our road trip, 21 days, and we're heading into a 4th of July weekend. This is a great time as we are at the Jagger Livestock right now, and we have Mr. Lance Jagger with us. How are you? Oh, great. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. I'm learning some new things. Let's start out with this. What are we looking at right now? Right now, my daughter Cassidy is actually blowing her calf. It's a morning routine that the kids have with their show cattle that'll go to county fair and state fair. She's blowing a little dirt out of out of the hide, um, just trying to get the calf halfway clean before we take them over to the wash rack and give them a little rinse for the day. Just you going, it's like my morning routine. <laughs> right. It's getting ready, brushing the teeth, and taking a shower, and yep. getting a little blowout right there. Getting that, getting that hair blown before you take a shower in this situation. <laughs> That's right. We're going to learn a lot of stuff this morning. Rick Robbins joins us as well from Colorado Mills, and we're kind of in the region as we're just north west about 11 miles from lamar colorado and that's the home of colorado mills we're going to learn a lot this morning in the next 10 15 minutes let's talk about what we're going to look at today well i'm just going to say you guys brought rain <laughs> look at you guys wherever <laughs> you, you came from you brought some to us <laughs> right right so so we're going to talk about just some diversification with uh with my kids and what they really love about agriculture um we, we wanted to show you the cattle first it's something different than we we did last time whenever you all were here and so I guess we can come over here to Corbin and to see what, what we're doing next with the next step. Yeah, do a little reset. This is what we're doing. This is why we're out 21 days on the road is to connect Coloradans with our delicious food and beverage here. And it's not born on a shelf at Whole Foods or Safeway. Uh, this is where it originates. And this is a family farm that's very diversified. We're gonna talk about diversification as well. I think that's important. But at the same time, there are a lot of things that are going on educationally, and you are in educational ag. Talk about that real quick before we head yeah, on over absolutely. here to Corbin. So actually, I'll be starting my 23rd year as an agriculture teacher at the high school level. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. That, that's a few, that's that's a, a few years. That's a big thing. Yeah. Um, it, it's something I love and I'm passionate about. I mean, obviously, I have my own kids right now that, that really have died in agriculture. But, you know, over the years, I've had a lot of students that have, that have really taken agriculture as a pathway for themselves. And so... I love doing it. I love spending time with my students. I love teaching them anything from range science um, all the way. We were talking about food science earlier. And, you know, that, that opportunity to be able to teach them in those pieces and facets about agriculture is just something that I'm truly passionate about. Now, agriculture, there's a lot of things that are happening and swirling around in the sense of how do we keep the next generation engaged? What are you seeing with that to, to keep the next? And you're doing a great job with your family <laughs> here, but it's important to try and, and pass that along. Right. So when I talk to my students, I talk a lot about career interests, right? And, and most people typically think of agriculture as that 2% of the population or less that's actually producing, producing the food that we consume. But there's so many other careers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've talked to students about the food science, for example. I mean, what a great career to go into. I had a student that the, his, his thing was, I want, I want to make new flavors of ice cream. And so he went, uh, he went down south of Texas, went to school at Texas A&M, and now he's a scientist creating new flavors of ice cream, right? I mean, it's just such a broad spectrum. And I think whenever I'm talking to students and trying to convince them to be involved in agriculture, the thing that we have to do is just really connect with where their interests are and what they love. And there's so many, so many things they can do in agriculture other than just production. What a great point. The best of the best right here in Lance Jagger with us. Let's go on over here to Corbin yeah. and see what he's up to this morning. Now, Corbin, this is your morning routine, isn't it, my friend? Yep, this is the morning routine. Got to get out of bed, take a shower, and come outside and 
get started on the calves. Give us the play-by-play, -play, Corbin. What are you up to? <laughs> Just so first you'll blow them like my sister did. Then you always want to come through just to keep the hair healthy and keep it just all clean. So on Mondays, you'll wash them with soap. And then on all the way throughout the week, except for Sunday, you will rinse them. And on Sundays, it's a break day, so they just go into the cool room as they would live their life all dirty and messy. <laughs> now, now, you guys school us that don't know. When do you show this livestock? What, what, what kind of breed of, of, uh, of cow is this? Just talk about uh, exactly what you're doing and what the end goal is. So what we're doing is basically creating a market animal that is showable and presentable to a judge that can also be eaten later. So we will do this for a month or two wash them every day and that kind of stuff and then depending on what fair we're going to take them to the there's the state fair that's later in august and the county fair that's at the end of july the county the, this is probably the county fair is probably where this calf will go but who knows what will happen what do the judges look for corbin um usually muscle and cover on the ribs so that's fat and that kind of stuff and um just which animal will produce the most meat what breed of calf is this this is a semental is it man on you cross a man on you cross so the man and you cows my grandpa used to raise some they're known for their hair <laughs> and their pelts and that kind of stuff and their meat, right? Yeah, yes, and their yes. meat. But they have more hair than most other Let's see, clean them up. Okay, so yeah. you're going to take your hose, and you always want to rinse back and down. So just like you would do you, you rinse your hair first, just so you don't want to start and get the bottom of you all clean, and then rinse your hair. If, and if a ton of dirt comes out, then you have to start all over. I better switch up my routine then. <laughs> So you always want to go over the top line, up at the top first, and then rinse them downward, just again so that all the dirt will run off of them yeah. instead of running onto the clean parts of their body. It's like washing a car. Yeah. <laughs> top down, top down. And so why do you have to clean them so often if you're not, I mean, why not just clean them right before you show them? Right. So. Just Ultimately, that's a great question, and for the people out there to kind of understand what's going on here, since these cattle are going to be shown, exhibited, um, we're trying to get them in the best the best shape we possibly can. I mean, obviously the carcass is there. You can see this calf has a huge hip in him, mm -hmm. um, a lot a lot of a lot of muscle built into this calf. But to be competitive, you have to you have to get the hair to grow too, right? And and that's where a lot of the time is spent with the kids, and that's really where they connect with the calves because they're leading them around and, and they're working with them all the time, right? I mean, you can't go out to the pasture and spray the face of a of a cow, right? But Corbin can do that here. But um, ultimately, that we need that hair to grow so that we can when we go to clip them and make them look all pretty for fair, that they're 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 on point, right? It's kind of like going out to a fancy dinner. You, you know, your hair's on point, you got your face shaved, you're all cleaned up. That's what we're looking for here. We, we're trying to get them on point and ready to go. So at the end of the day, if it shows well, what's the accolades? What happens at that point? 
So ultimately, at the at the county fair, if you get Grander Reserve champion, you know you're you're going to get a little a little more. Uh, the kids going to get a little more money for their efforts to the premium sale, mm -hmm. right? And it's it's not all about the money. I mean, it's really about the teachable moments that go along with it. But you got to pay for things too, right? Mm -hmm. And so you know that that accolade of getting that banner of the, of having the grand champion of the county fair, or you know getting uh, one in the sale at state fair. You know, not every animal at the at the state fair sells only the best, right? Mm -hmm. And so the opportunity to be able to have that experience and and the kids get to connect with a whole different group of people. I mean, that's that's when we really got to start knowing Rick I mean mm -hmm. through the county fair and through that action right and so I'd say that the accolades come with the connections the kids get to make with the public and be able to to tell the public at state fair we have a lot of people come through there asking questions about the livestock right and I've always told my kids let's take time and let's talk to people like make the time to talk to people about what we're doing in production agriculture. We we have to be educators too, no matter what age we really are. So this is a vehicle to conversation as well. Absolutely, mm -hmm. and I think that's the biggest key with with the show livestock industry is is that connection with people that aren't totally connected to where their food comes from. Look at you, you're weird like me. You get all geeked <laughs> out about this type of stuff. I love it too. Yeah. And so, uh, and this is a way to keep people engaged as well. And and also to um and, and we talk about it how can the the end consumer actually get educated too it breaks the ice right and i think that's where <clears throat> we're at a lot in agriculture education is how do we advocate how do we teach our how mm -hmm. do we teach kids how to advocate and what better way to do it than teach them here so they can teach them there you know one of the things that where we participate when we go to we go to over 10 county fairs uh, through Eastern Colorado, and, and we go to the what they call the premium livestock sale. And what we're doing is we're not necessarily buying that animal. What we're doing is paying that, that student a premium for the quality of work they've done. And so when we look at that, whether it's a grand champion, reserve champion, or maybe they got first in their class, uh, but they're getting rewarded, and, and it, it's money that, that companies like us donate because what it does is it furthers uh, helps further their education, not only in the agricultural mm -hmm. part they're in, but also into, into different aspects. You know, Colorado Mills is all about agriculture, but none of us put a tractor out in the field or, mm -hmm. or have an animal underfoot. So, Right, absolutely. Well, and I think that's the benefit we get with our, with our local companies is the opportunity to be able to connect that way and then mm -hmm. them support our kids, yeah. you know. So this is a, I mean, there's a lot of commitment involved to this, right? <laughs> and I, I, I've got to wonder... What do you do on the days that you don't want to do this? You do it anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> the answer I was looking for there. Well, I help teach kids on their first year for it. Mm -hmm. And I say, you know, when you get up in the morning, do you fix your own breakfast? No, mom does. And all these things that are done for you when you were small. Well, now your responsibility is that animal. And that animal's depending on you for mm -hmm. breakfast, on you for lunch, on you to help them take a bath. And so it also builds all of those things in their ethics and, and uh, work ethics that, that will be seen throughout their lifetime, no matter where they work, whether I they mean, work in agriculture or not. That's a great point, Rick. Uh, what they're learning right now is something that transcends through many facets of life. Right. I, and, and that's why Rick and I, I mean, we're so much on the same page just with how, how we like to see our kids grow because... It does teach that responsibility. It does. It, it teaches them that you know you've got to get up and you got to get going. You know, and when when you get there, you work. I mean, 
Corbin would probably like to look at his phone and see what messages <laughs> came through, right? I mean, we're, we're trained to look at those things, but ultimately, you know, he, he knows he needs to get this cap done and get him inside for the rest of the day and let him let him do his thing. And then we got to move on to the next thing. You know, we got some fields to work and those kind of things. And so it just teaches that self, that, that motivation, um, that self-starting, mm -hmm. and just that responsibility to, to allow people to be successful as adults. Yeah, and as you enter your senior year in high school, Cassidy, I understand you've taken a liking to the educational aspect of this as well. What in the educational aspect have you really been drawn to? Um, just teaching people more about agriculture, I think. Um, especially whenever we go to shows, I like to teach people about it. And um, as I see that not very many people are going into agriculture anymore, I think it's important that um, they have a good teacher who can teach them about the importance of agriculture and I think that I can do that. What do you figure your generation as we talk about this uh, a little bit going into the next generation of agriculture with technology and social media how can those things lend helpful to educate other people that may not want to dig as deep but the surface level things to draw them in of interest? Well I think um, social media can either kill something good or help something You're good. Right. Um, there's definitely those people out there like animal activists that really like to bog on um, on agriculture but I think most of the time whenever agriculturists stand up for um, what we do and really get the truth out there mm -hmm. through social media then I think um, that draws more people into learning more about agriculture and then maybe if that's something that they didn't think that they wanted to do then maybe they'll be able to decide that's what they want to do. Yeah, a lot of times what we see in agriculture is that you could be a great farmer and a great rancher and you really know how to do those things and be a great steward of your land and, and great husbandry to the livestock and the animals, but you're just not a great business person mm -hmm. to have that front facing business. You guys do a great job of making this known in a diverse uh, piece of property that you have here and the educational aspect and the business aspect, which we'll get into here in a bit that teaching wise, but how, how do you, what, what's your recommendation to other people in agriculture that want to make a business out of what they're doing, but they're just real good farmers or ranchers? Um, I definitely say stick to what you're good at. Like, if you're not um, that good of a business person, like... Find someone who yeah, is. Yeah, find someone who <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, and then get together, because high yeah. tides raise all ships, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Corbin, how much more of this you got, my friend? Uh, I'm... About done here, and then I just need to fly spray him so that he doesn't get bit a lot in there in the cool room. And going back to your question about if I don't want to do this, I just have to think about how this animal is dependent on me, not the other way around. I'm not as dependent on this animal as he is on me, because I, he doesn't have to feed me at night and water me and keep me clean. I can do all of that myself. So you just have to take good care of all your livestock because you just have to remember at the end of the day they depend on you on you yeah you must be beaming with pride yeah, right, right. See your you're a little choked up right yeah, there, yeah, right? Your, little. your kids are just they're <laughs> fantastic all right show us around some more if you will cool we're gonna run over here real quick and just show you where these calves go into during the day um like we said i mean most livestock uh, in, in commercial livestock are not handled this way, but mm -hmm. this, is, this is what my kids love to do. They love, to, they love the show aspect of it, although we do raise some commercial type livestock. But um, during the day, these calves are gonna go in what we call the cool room. 
and most of the time it's cooler than our house, right? Uh, it's just an opportunity for those calves to really, they're getting a lot of finish on them, a lot of fat on them at this point. And um, typically speaking, livestock do not develop a lot of fat during the hot summer months, right? It's just not natural for them. Mm -hmm. More natural for them to put on cover during the winter months. I mean, kind of like us, right? We like to cover up just a little bit during the winter. For sure. And so ultimately, um, we've got to work pretty hard to make sure and I, when you come in, if you have Wi-Fi, it may not work all the way inside here. You may have to stay at the door. Um, so, just because it's a steel building. So during the day, I mean, we've got a big old AC unit sticking right up here. And if you stood underneath here, you're gonna get kind of chilly because we got a little bit of rain on our backs, right? And so we, we put them up in here on shavings, make sure those get clean every day. The kids work on those. They get to be tied up for a little bit and they get these real powerful fans yeah. blowing on their on their backside um, just to kind of push that hair forward and dry them up and then as soon as they're dry they get to be they get to lay down right and all day long they just get to kind of be in here and it's a spa kind of hang it is a spa absolutely yep absolutely it doesn't have you know real fancy lights and colorful things going on in here but it's a spa for, yeah, these, for these cattle chilling out absolutely in the cave cool room right here cool room yep yep and it definitely does help. I mean, you can tell this heifer has a ton of hair and it's just... How long do you ha hang on to the animals for? Right, so that, I know Corbin touched on that slightly, but these calves, uh, we purchase our, our calves. We don't raise our own um, from different producers throughout the state. And we, the kids purchase them in, uh, in September, October. And we kind of let them be calves and just eat. And then they end up putting the halter on them and training them to lead which sometimes end up being a rodeo, right? Um, <laughs> train them to lead. And then ultimately uh, we're working to try to get them to grow and get that finish on them. Mm -hmm. And we'll finish our, our, the kids and I will finish our time with these calves either in July, mm -hmm. so almost a year later, or August, which is dang near a year later, mm -hmm. depending on whether they are county fair, state fair type animals. Gotcha. Right? And usually we, we don't, we don't put ours on what they call the floor plan at the county for state fair. Mm -hmm. We bring them back and feed it and feed them for a few weeks and we consume our own. Right? And sometimes we sell them to family members. Um, we don't, we don't just take them and just sell them at the sale barn. For example, mm -hmm. we're eating what we're growing. That's awesome. And that's, can I go like, in on that one over there? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll make you a good deal. I, I promise. Right. On that one. I promise. I'm truly in love with this family. This is the Jagger family and we're in Wiley, Colorado, and it is a Wednesday morning right here on our 17th day on road trip. We got 21 days, 1500 miles. That's a, that's a loop. Well, and here's what I'll tell you is that, um, this is one of my favorite stops. Well, thank it's, you. This is truly educational experience and it really shows uh, from the ground up of what can be done in ag. Let's learn some more. Yeah. So let's shift gears. Uh, we talked a little bit about diversification at the beginning mm. and um, Big I don't know if you get <laughs> while we're headed out to the goats out here if you can get a shot to the west um, that's that's our farm ground mm. here right and so ultimately what we what we raise here is forage crops and um, we've raised some corn here before so we've learned that uh, the forage crops work really good for a small operation like mm -hmm. ourselves. We can grow our own feed uh, to feed our livestock throughout the winter. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we can uh, sell some of that to the local people. Uh, we put most of our feed in what we what you would call small bale, right? Um, there's a few over here. I'm advertising. But we put in that small bale because that's a niche market that allows uh, us to provide something to the consumer. Mm -hmm that is needed in the industry a lot of uh a lot of feed goes into round bales or big bales but it's hard for people that have small acreages or small 
um, numbers of livestock mm -hmm. to be able to feed like that. I mean, they have to buy a tractor to unload it, you know? And so the square bales is what we do. And so that's our farm ground. Um, I know the buying tractor. Corbin's <laughs> got a little side hustle, doesn't he? Yeah, we're going to show that to you. So Corbin actually uh, went to McClave State Bank. They're, they're, they're just really great to work with these kids, right? They Now listen to this. Uh, what grade is Corbin in? What grade is Corbin? So Corbin is going into the eighth grade. He actually bought his tractor last summer going into the seventh grade. Yeah. And, um, you need a driver's license to run a tractor. Well, <laughs> no, I don't think don't. so, right? No. Not definitely not in the field. Yeah, he's out there working. <laughs> he's is out what there he's working, doing. Yeah. I love that. So he went to the bank. Yeah, I went to the bank. Uh, Said, they, Mr. Banker. Yeah, I got a plan. He's got a plan, right? And so he had the numbers kind of put together, and our banker's really good to work with kids. But he asked him a lot of questions. You know, kind of went through the business part with him, and um, said, "All right, yeah, sounds like that'd be a good deal." And so Corbin and him got together, and Corbin. You know, signed a loan that he's the promissory note to pay him back. And um, Corbin's actually really on track this year to get that tractor paid off this year, which it was a six-year yeah. six note to start with. And right? what, I mean, what's the potential of that tractor in Corbin's right. new business? So when my kids kind of hit that junior high age, I wanted them to have assets, right? I, I remember myself as a kid, I worked for my grandfather on the farm, but I never, I never had any assets. Like I worked for an hourly wage and I learned so much when I did that, right? But I never really had much to show at the end. And so I want my kids to have assets so that when they go, when it's time to go to college, and if they need to sell that thing mm -hmm. to help pay for some tuition, there those kind of things, they have that asset to sell, right? And so as a parent, that's my thought process on it. Ultimately, building credit, building knowledge, mm -hmm. all those kind of things is something that that uh, is really we all need to know how to do. Yeah, there's right? one more asset that you're forgetting, and that's the know-how of doing it again, of duplicating it, and that the 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 power of that knowledge is really what that's got to be so exciting for all of you. It really is. Some days more exciting than others, huh, Cass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's very few lifestyles left that that youth can start at this age you know i think some of the issues we have because some of the new rules and regulations that they're always putting in front of us that we as a company can't hardly hire anybody under the age of of 18 mm -hmm. because of all the federal rules and regulations and the equipment we use Great point. farming's one of the one of the few things left that that can do this and i and i was doing it at my i think the first note i bought 10 cows i've signed a note at the bank when i was 12 and corbin was probably 12 or 13 mm -hmm. when he bought a tractor and so all of those things in agriculture is an opportunity that very very few people mm -hmm. you know we talk that one two percent have that opportunity growing up to do so any other way we can get that for other other kids to learn and 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 through through ag education through high school they can learn some of that learn the business plans because how many people graduate from high school know how to do a business plan mm -hmm. you know so it's 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 you know if you had known how to do that when you're 18 just think how much farther up the ladder I'm still trying what to figure it out now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, and this is what's cool about it. I, this is our second time visiting here. Yeah. It seems like things are just really coming along and organized. What's in the crystal ball? What do you guys see coming down the road for you here? What's the next year going to bring? Any short-term goals? Probably to upgrade my baler. Oh, okay. I'm doing a rent deal with a guy on a newer weight, on a newer one-year-old baler because I was using my dad's old 4600 and it's 
a little slower than the rest of <laughs> we them. call it the grandpa baylor i mean it was, it was solid like you knew what it was doing no problems yeah. but it was just just a touch slower no. nothing against grandpas out there you just it, i mean it, it was just a, just a little bit slower yeah. right this is going to be a big year for you you're going to be graduating yep. what's next for you what are you looking to do um so i'm looking to go to community college well actually this year, I'm going to run for a state FFA office. Um, You're going to run one, run for what? A state FFA office. Wow. Um, so my plan is hopefully to get an office, and then if not, I'm going to start my first year of college at NJC, um, Northeastern Junior College. I'm planning on being on the livestock judging team, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and then... I'm going to end up transferring to either West Texas or OSU, I think. Nice. So. Watch out for these guys, Cassidy and Corbin. <laughs> uh, they're coming up through the ranks. And then, obviously, this is instilled in you guys to where you'll pass this on for generations to mm -hmm. come as well. Anything else you want to show us, Lance? Yeah, so we kind of walked over this direction because this is where we keep our production herd of goats. Right, This is all of our does. Um, I love how you goats. graze them. Yeah, and so we, we put them in cells here and try to we're really trying to take care of the land and take care of the livestock at the same time. Sometimes goats get in between cells, yep. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. They're pretty <laughs> sneaky like that. Um, so you'll see some over here in some different cells. But we try to graze that so we keep that grass healthy, um, want it to grow back quickly, and we try to rotate them through this grazing system that we have out here. But we also try to keep our livestock not pinned up, um, especially our production livestock, because they tend to do a little better. Mm -hmm. You don't want them too fat. Like we talked, finish in there on something that we're going to consume. Um, breeding livestock, we don't really want that. We don't want them skinny. We don't want them fat. We want them, there's a whole system of that that I would mm -hmm. go through, but we want them to be just right so that they're able to conceive right, and produce that next generation. Mm. And so... That's kind of why we're out here. We can go look at the, let's at the market it. goats. Okay. All right. Cool. Let's uh, let's just make the trip back through here. It'll probably be faster let's than coming back all the way around. Follow the lead here. Yep. Um. So last time you all were here, we we mainly talked the market goats, right? Yep. And so that's what we're going to go check out next. Is the is the market goats? Um, mm -hmm. Once again, they'll be shown here at County and State Fair shortly. Um, now, yeah. how did mom end up finishing up over here? <laughs> she she <laughs> offered to. <so. laughs> how did that happen? And then we got uh, we got the boys, the the box here in yeah. the box pen. They're probably actually inside. They're pretty smart. They like to stay out of. They the are pen. inquisitive. Um, but they're they're in the next pen over, and we'll actually let's go through the south gate right here, and then the kids can talk to you a little bit about uh, about these the the show goes here. Take it away, guys. I have the holders in there. You guys are going to start talking before I try <laughs> to get this gate open? Corbin can. Let's just watch him struggle for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> watch the old man struggle. <laughs> so, market goats, they're kind of like market cattle, except you show them a lot differently. You want finish and muscularity and as much meat as possible. Once again, you're going to exhibit them at a fair, state fair, or county, or a national show. These are, this is the arsenal for this year. There's, we took them to some jackpots earlier this year. Did quite, did pretty well at these jackpots. They're gorgeous. And yeah, they. Wow. They need a good wash and that's for sure. But they're, <laughs> they're a little bit, they're. Well, not too bad. Have you seen your dogs? Oh. 
Corbin, <laughs> yeah. explain to him what a jackpot is. So a jackpot would be like a scrimmage. Like in basketball, you're scrimmaging. In the livestock industry, you would be going to a jackpot. It's a practice show where you pay entries, and if you do well enough, you can earn them back. So, like, for places, you um, win premiums and that kind of thing to try and pay for gas and <laughs> entries. It doesn't always work out like that, though. Most of the time, I win my money back, but Corbin doesn't. No, most of the time, <laughs> I win my money back. There's a little competition <laughs> here in the family, huh? Yeah. So these these guys probably actually look a little different than the ones that uh, you guys saw last yeah. time. The industry is always changing, right? And mm -hmm. so we still want mass uh, as far as muscles concerned, because that's what we're going to consume. Um, but we've also learned that whenever you add mass to livestock, sometimes it's harder whenever parturition mm -hmm. happens, whenever they're kidding, right? Whenever they're they're um, giving birth, it makes things a little bit tougher when they're real massive. Um, and so in the industry, we try to be somewhat smart about things to where we have livestock that are a little more streamlined so that that birthing process is a little bit easier, but we still, we don't want to lose, lose the mass of muscle we have. So maybe not as bulldogish looking, mm -hmm. um, but still carrying plenty of mass and, and, and just growing well. You know, all, all of the species have kind of done that. Cattle years ago used to be bigger is better. And these things were all my, I called them elephants. And they just, what happened is the steak got too big for the plate. Now you want that steak to be that certain size. And swine has, has gone away from, they wanted leaner swine. They wanted pigs that didn't have any cover on them. And the industry had fits and it was really, it was, it was not healthy for the animal. It wasn't healthy for the industry. And so they've actually brought that back again to where you have more cover on those animals. And it's actually better for the animal, better health. And, and the same way here, you're having kidding problems. You're having problems birthing these animals mm -hmm because of their genetics. So they're changing those genetics so they don't have that problem. So it's, it's you're right, they, they're constantly trying to, to meet the consumer's demand mm -hmm. at the same time meet production efficiency. If I was in an alley in Denver, I think I was about to get jumped right now. They're planning, Greg. They're planning. <laughs> right. Where'd you get that belt buckle? Um. This one's from a state fair whenever I showed my heifer angle heifer. So um, heifer angle is a grant that you can get through the Colorado FFA Foundation. They give you $1,500 to, pur to purchase a heifer. Um, you want my wallet. See, I told you. They, um, at the heifer angle show, you show in showmanship and then in a live placing class. And the person with the best combined scores out of the whole thing wins it. So I won showmanship and I went. I won my class. So um, I won um, with my heifer named Boomer. She's actually over at my grandparents' house. Um, we had some problems getting her AI'd. She wouldn't stick to the AI, artificial insemination. Mm -hmm. But um, we finally got her bred, and she has um, a calf over there that she had last August, I think. That. Um, I'm still deciding if I'm going to show him at either state fair or um, stock show. I haven't decided yet. But, um, yep, that's the story about my belt. That's buckle. What's, your, what's your proudest ag moment? Um, Is that it? 
probably. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, except I got I broke my foot after that. Oh no! Because <laughs> somebody came running through the barn and I was walking her back from the wash rack to blow her, and she kind of got scared and she jumped up and uh, landed on my foot. And it so. broke your foot. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Like, can't I just have a good moment <laughs> exactly. in my life? You got to break my foot. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Corbin? What's your proudest ag moment? Uh, my proudest ag moment is probably winning, beating her at County Fair a couple of years ago. <laughs> he, she beat me last year, but. I love the friendly conference. Almost, almost every year I've shown, or actually every year I've shown, I've beat her in the. Dough market dough show. So you did it last year. <laughs> yeah, now I want to come. Right, I got I to see this. This is like the show. No, you beat right me now. in. They're being pretty good for you right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Are they? They, they got it. It gets a little. It gets a little uglier. That's, that's okay. That's okay. That's, that's that's it's interesting how the story's remembered by each. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how about you? Your proudest ag moment? Oh, you know, there's so many. Um, obviously, my two kids enjoying agriculture has got to be right it. there at the yeah. top, but. There's so many times, even with with students that I call my kids as well, um, just seeing him them make a breakthrough, you know, whether that's learning how to weld or maybe it's them finding what they're truly passionate find about. Find your place, right? right find your okay, place. so this is the perfect way to wrap this <laughs> thing up, and we're here with the Jaggers as well. And Lance, I want to ask you this question. As you're seeing your students move on into life, there's probably that moment to where you give them all this talk and you tell them something very special that'll be that takeaway moment. Can you do that right now with our <laughs> our viewers? Give them that takeaway. Sure. Wrap this up big, baby. <laughs> we'll see what You we got do. it. So ultimately, I, I think the takeaway from the day is is just being able to see agriculture in action, right? No matter what it may be, whether it's raising goats or, or raising cattle or, you know, owning your own small business, the opportunities in agriculture are tremendous. We all need to know where our food comes from, right? We need to know how it's produced and how it's made and how much passion goes into it from people. Yes, sir. No matter what that is. But I think the biggest takeaway is knowing that there are things to do out there in life that you truly love mm -hmm. right and if you truly love it it doesn't matter how long it takes or how hard it how hard a work it is if you truly love it it's just a passion you have and you get to follow that passion yeah well said and if you're like me you know i ask the dumb questions don't be afraid just dig in and there are people out there that'll you'll find the support with and happy to teach you and give you their knowledge and one thing that you'll find is ag is a big great big family community absolutely and that's what i love yeah yes cool. thank you guys i love it thank, thank you, you thank you thank you thank you thank you yes <laughs> all right that'll be a wrap right there uh we got a lot of stuff to do it is a wednesday we will continue have to thank you so much yeah thank you yeah for lance and for cassidy and for corbin and rick robbins and jonna Gotta thank you for watching this. This is what it's all about, you guys. We're gonna continue on and we'll kick that rock right on down the road. The Modern Eater, we will continue.